Hey everybody, this is episode 12, question mark, not sure. And it is Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. Uh, how you doing, everyone? How's your week been? You feeling good? It's been cold, hasn't it? Has anyone else told you how cold it is in case your skin has stopped working? You know, as soon as you get into work, oh, it's freezing outside. It's freezing. It's like, yeah, I know. My nuts are in my throat at the moment. <laughs> it's, it is being harsh. May. I've been, I've been wearing a scarf in May. But not going to complain. Not going to complain. I have adequate clothing. And I have enough money to buy other clothing. I have options. You know, it's, it's not that bad. I'm not homeless. So I'm not going to mind about the weather. The weather's weather. The weather doesn't care if we find it cold or not. It doesn't even have a brain. It just is. It's up to us to dress appropriately. All right? It's not any more moaning about the weather. No more moaning. But yeah, how's your week been? My week, um, what did I do this week? Gigged on Tuesday. Wednesday, I watched comedy. Didn't gig. Um, I watched the first heat of So You Think You're Funny. Um, and there was a few people who are very, very funny. Um, I'll be performing at the same gig this Wednesday. Um, so a lot of people saying, oh, you're coming here to scout the competition. It's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I'll, I need to see how funny I'm going to be next week. You see, if I came here and people were like, not that funny, then I would only be just a little bit more funny. But seeing that people are really funny then I'm going to have to be as funny as possible next week. <laughs> I'm going to be as funny as possible any time I go on stage. That's that's the aim of being a comedian. I was, I was just watching because I just wanted to kind of just see what the room was like. That was it, really. But it only seems like a nice room. It's at Angel Comedy at the Camden Head. If you're about, why not? Come down. I don't care if you do or don't. But uh, Camden Head, 8 o'clock start on Wednesday near Angel Station, so that's where I'll be this week coming up, but um, Thursday I was at a really cool event, I was at a networking event with uh, the Wall of Comedy, uh, That which reminds me I need to actually message people, um, that's part of networking, it's not just swapping Instagram accounts, should actually message people after and actually collaborate, <laughs> um, so I need to message people after this podcast, and um, it was good. There was uh, Dapper Laughs was there. The Chicken Connoisseur was also there. And um, yeah, they're both both actually really nice guys to speak to. Chicken Connoisseur is funny because the, literally the third question he was asked from the crowd was, how old are you? And if you don't know about him, he looks about 15. Sounds about 23. But then he has a kind of maturity level that probably says he may have been near 30. So I don't know how old he is. But here's the thing. His point is it doesn't matter. And we are kind of obsessed with age. If we ever like open the newspaper and be like, oh, John Smith, 34, murdered 10 people. It's like, well, I don't think his age is relevant there. It's, like, it's just, oh, he's 34. I mean, if he was 33, then I would understand. But 34, killing 10 people. Ah, I'm shocked. Is that, why, why does the age matter? Or is it? Is there serial killers at 33 that's like, ah, man, 
33 and I've only killed two people. I need to kill eight. John Smith killed 10 at 34. I'm behind. No, like, I don't get why age is such a big thing. Um, but yeah, he, he refuses to talk about age. But it was a fun event. Um, an event that I won't reveal the name of the person I was speaking to. But we, it was a, it was a guy. And we were both laughing at two things that we do as men. Right? But ladies, any uh, f- female listeners, um, whether you are cis or trans... <laughs> <laughs> hey, all, all ladies, anyone, anyone. I know, know some ladies don't like me differentiating between the two, but I do it just to wind people up because I'm antagonistic. Is what I do. But um, here's the thing, right? As a guy, when we're at these networking events, there's two things, two problems we have as guys. One is our balls, our balls and penis. You tend to get involved too much, right? You'll, you're there, you're meant to be there networking, talking to people you can actually work with, but then you'll see an attractive woman. Now, those of us who have self-control, like myself, then tend to go, all right, she's attractive, but I'm not going to talk to her just because she's attractive. I need to know if I could actually work with this person or benefit, there's any kind of mutual benefit from this networking event. However, what ends up happening is I overthink it too much and then don't talk to any attractive women at these events. <laughs> Let's talk to Eddie. Oh, because I think, ah, oh, I look like that guy who's just trying to talk to the hot woman in the room. Now, this really isn't the woman's problem at all. Like, women, if your face is your face. You don't know if someone's going to find you good looking or not. You're just there to network and stuff. But, um... I definitely saw guys just sharking, fully sharking at this event. Just talking to a girl. I was like, oh, so what? I've, I've spoke to the guy. I've spoke to the guy. And the guy would be like, oh, yeah, I do, um, you know, I, I, do, I do music. I do music production. So I'm looking for singers. And he speak. And I've heard the girl talk. So what do you do? She's like, oh, I do photography. That's it. They've got nothing to talk about. That's what you might do. Might have to talk about, but I can see in the guy's face that he really doesn't care what she's doing. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't give a shit what she could bring to the table. He's just staring, just staring, staring. But it's funny. It's funny. There's no right or wrong place to to talk to someone you find attractive, unless it's like a relative's funeral. I mean, yeah, even then, even then, you gotta seize the moment. Seize the moment, just, you know, while your nan's going into the ground, just there next to this girl, that girl, so, hey, how do you, how do you know the deceased? She's like, oh, I'm just, just a friend, friend of a friend of a friend, so you're not related to her, no, meaning you're not related to me, no, cool. (laughs) So guys, there's no wrong time, there's no wrong time to just crack on. But um, another thing, sorry, was the other point. So as a guy at these events, yeah, try not to get distracted by good-looking women, okay? I said that's not women's issue. That's a man's issue. We need to sort it out, grow up and be more mature. The second thing is, as guys, I think it's changing now. It's changed for me as I'm older, but I know when I was younger, what would happen is this. 
I'll speak to a guy at a party or at an event and I'll get on and I end up speaking to the guy for like maybe half an hour, an hour, on and off. Like we go to different parts of the party, reconvene, we connect. Oh, you like football? Oh, I like football too. You like this, music? like this music too? Oh, you think this way about this? Oh, you think this way about that? That's really cool. Oh man, you like the same drink as me? That's hilarious. Cool, cool, cool. And then you come to leave in the party and you go, yeah, man, nice meeting you. And you walk out and you go home. And then whoever you're with, maybe it's a girlfriend, will go, oh, you're speaking to like James a lot. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. He's like, did you swap numbers? No, that's gay. (laughs) It's this weird thing that guys have. Like even if, you actually have a reason to swap numbers. Like, oh man, my car's playing up. Oh man, my brother's a mechanic. Oh yeah, what car do you drive? A BMW. Oh, my my brother is a BMW mechanic. Ah, brilliant. Give me your brother's number. I don't want your number. Like, I don't care how much we've bonded. I'll take your brother's number. Wicked. (laughs) It's like we, we don't know how to just bridge that gap. It's like, it's that kind of insecure about looking like the like the desperate party who's enjoyed the other person's company it's mad imagine that's what it must be like for some women when they actually approach a guy who they're attracted to like at a party they speak to a guy all night and because the guy hasn't asked their number they'll just walk off without the guy's number when all they would have to do is just ask but then yeah yeah, that's true. Like, why? Yeah, like, why wouldn't you want to swap numbers with someone you get on with and hang out? Like, I've, I used to do it all the time. Just hang out with someone at a party and be like, this guy is so cool. He'll be cool to hang out with again. But, nah. <laughs> so, not asking for his number. That's weird. So, and I was talking to a guy about that. Um, but we did. We didn't swap numbers. We swapped Instagram. So that's the new thing you do now. You don't swap numbers. Um, you swap Instagram and then when you actually and after like sending 10 messages to each other where you know you take each other a day to reply when you actually need an urgent response one of you will grow the balls and say look here's my number just message me innit? and then there it is the thing you should have done when you first met but you know that's the inside workings of stupid men like myself but, um, what, what has been happening in the news, in the news, hey, eh? um, Prince Philip's retired. <gasps> Can't believe it. The man's retired from a voluntary position. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, just it optional work. He's gonna do more optionally now. And the way they announced it, like they didn't. The Queen calls emergency meeting at Buckingham Palace. It's like. Like, what bubble do they live in where that is classed as an emergency? That a 95-year-old man is going to stop attending parties? <laughs> what? what bubble is that? Emergency. Like, if someone called me at four in the morning to say, listen, get to work now. Like, work? Are you serious? What? What's happening? It's an emergency. The boss wants you in now. It's like, um, Right? Shit, this must be huge. This has to be huge. It's four in the morning. Fine. And you get there. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? 
Um, you see this old dude here, yeah, who doesn't really do too much. Mm -hmm. He's going to do less. Is that get? You're the queen, so I'm not going to swear at you, but. Mm. Bitch, bitch. <laughs> You're going to be livid, but yeah. Um, emergency meeting. Me and my friends got very excited. Not because we are royalists of any sort. Um, not because we're particularly Republican. Just because we like betting. So we was trying to we open up our own sports book um, on on what was going to be announced. Some people go, yeah, one of them's dead. Prince Philip's dead. Queen's dead. Um, someone said Harry's engagement as a guess. Uh, I joked that it was Prince Philip's now realised that Meghan Markle's mixed race. <laughs> so he is pissed. He's like, wait, what? What? You mean she's half black? You knew? Who else knew? Emergency meeting now. <laughs> and everyone's getting dragged from all different parts of the country, dragging in. So who else knew? Who knew? Did you know? See, I, that's why I knew that ginger bastard, Henry. Oh, it's a, oh you're calling him by his real name now. Not even Harry anymore. The ginger bastard to bring a black into this family. Centuries and centuries of marrying each other. Cousin marrying cousin. And he's trying to diversify this gene pool. <laughs> Oh man, I I think he doesn't know. I mean, she's she's kind of like she's she's fair. Her skin's fair. He may be he may have a suspicion. He, what what? He must say some outrageous things to her. Well, he must have been so prepped. Like, granddad, listen, bring my girlfriend round. Uh, she's half black. Before you say anything, Granddad, don't say anything. <laughs> don't say anything. When she's there, just be nice. Please. Alright? Okay. Alright. She comes to the meal. She sits down. So this is my Granddad, Philip. She's like, hey, nice to meet you. And he's going like, oh, God. You didn't tell me she was a bloody yank. <laughs> oh, Harry tells me that you're half black, half negroid. Yeah, oh, okay. So do your people, you know, they're still chucking spears. He's, he's kind of said something horrendous, horrendously outdated. I can't, yeah. Now he's retired, so that's, that's that. Apparently the Queen will be going to events on her own from from autumn onwards or with younger royals there so that's prince philip and well's diane abbott ah diane Do you know, i'm so conflicted with this diane abbott thing right? so if you don't know about diane abbott this is what's happened um she had an interview with the lbc uh where they were asked nick ferrari she, he was asking about police numbers and funding um, Labour said they're going to have 100,000 more officers and they were going to... That was going to cost £300,000. That's what uh, Diane Abbott said. £300,000. 
Nick Ferrari goes, but surely that can't be right. She's like, uh, what, 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 why not? Like, she was just flustered straight away. And he goes, because um, that's £30 per officer a year. And she's like, no, okay, no, 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 wait. It's, sorry, and she starts using all this jargon and she comes up with the number 80 million. Now, Nick Ferrari, like a bastard, but hilariously to me, because I just found it hilarious what he did. Rather than correcting her straight away, he let her go with the 80 million and kept on repeating it. So 80 million, she's like, yep, yep. So now she feels calm. She's like, yep, that's it. Yeah, that's the, that's a much bigger number than 300,000. 80 million, that's the number, yeah. And then he goes, you know that's 8,000 pounds a year, right? Like after she's solidly confirmed it's 80 million and then you just hear a fuss. I swear I hear a calculator on the recording. I hear it. I hear it like, just frantically being pressed. Now, the comedian in me finds that hilarious, right? <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. And then she's done it again later in the week where she's asked about the net loss of Labour seats in this uh, in this general election coming up. Um, and the interviewer goes, right, what is the number of net losses? And see, she goes, um, last time I checked at the time of this interview, it was 50. And the guy goes, well, it's actually 125. And she's like, oh, oh, okay but that was headlined as a massive gaff like oh Diane Abbott's done it again and I can see what's going to happen here right was comedian me finds it hilarious that someone is just like getting dragged over the coals it's, that's just funny to me but then there is a part of me that is like they're now just targeting someone there's part of me that because she's a black woman right? I'm not saying she's been targeted because she's a black woman I'm saying because she's a black woman I can't help and look at her like she's like one of my aunties <laughs> and it's just like ah uh, leave my auntie Diane alone <laughs> it's like uh, I feel bad I feel bad for her but I can't stop laughing but now it's like any I feel like every interview she's going to have people are just going to ask her number related questions and they know the answer, and they just want to see if she knows the answer too. Rather, because that guy in the second interview could have gone. The net losses is 125 at the last uh, at last check, and that could have been the. And then she could have spoke about that, but instead he just leaves it open for her to mess up. Because if she answered the number correctly, that's not going anywhere. I'm not going to hear about that interview. No one's going to repost it, but they did. You know, like the same way that Nick Ferrari could have gone, 80 million doesn't make any sense because you're getting 100,000 officers. And then she would have had to deal with that. But instead, he, he lured, lured her in. Just let her have, oh, what's the expression? Oh, give someone enough rope to hang themselves. I feel uncomfortable using that expression around a black person. <laughs> there's, some, there's some idioms that I don't think actually have, you know, racial connotations, but... I just hear them think, oh, no, don't, no, I, I, I think that's racist, even though it may not be, like pot calling the kettle black, that's got nothing to do with race, that's got to do with the reflective surface of uh, a kettle, and pots back then usually being black, so the pot would actually see its own reflection in the shiny kettle, so that's what, that's what that saying comes from, apparently. 
but in my head when I first used to hear that saying, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's wrong with being black? <laughs> hey, that's what I thought. But, yeah, leave Diane Abbott alone. Uh, but talking about race, see about Sully Montari. Oh, my God. If you don't if you follow that story, so Sully Montari, Ghanaian footballer, playing in Italy. So he's getting racially, he's getting racially abused by members of the opposition team. He complains to the ref. The ref books him for dissent. So Montari leaves the pitch. The ref books him again for walking off the pitch without his permission. Therefore, two yellow cards, red card, he's sent off. Because he's sent off, it then goes to the disciplinary board. He's banned for one game. He's banned for a game for being racially abused, complaining about it, and then refusing to play. Then, the, the... that the disciplinary board review it and say, all right, although although what happened is bad, the ban's being upheld. And they said that his his actual line from the it was the act of the crowd was deplorable, but considering it was only ten people in brackets, which is less than one percent of the crowd, we're not taking any further action. <laughs> so basically the bigger the crowd the more people are allowed to racially abuse you. You know, like one person racially abusing me is bad enough. Two people racially abusing me is bad enough. Two people racially abusing me in front of 30 people. <laughs> and the other 28 people go, ah, well, what are you going to do? I mean, it's not like it's three of them abusing <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? What kind of rule is that? So if one person launched banana at Solibatari's head, they'd be like, guys, I mean, it's just one person. And there's 11 people in the crowd. So not much we could do about that. No? Actually, I just realised it's 1%, not 10%. My maths is all based on 10%. All right. Imagine I said all of that correctly. <laughs> See, this is life. This is just one, one continuous recording, this podcast. It's just me... Just brain dumping, like I said. This. So imagine all that math's correct. Don't get, don't get, go back and listen to it and just imagine that the math was correct. Then that'd be really funny, okay? But no, but since then he uh, the appeal has been up. Uh, so the ban has been rescinded. The appeal upheld. He's now he's now allowed to play. Um, well done to Sully Batari. It he's now allowed to play after being racially abused. <laughs> It's like, I, I imagine this how FA it's all sat there. It's like, yep, yeah, that's, I think we dealt with that pretty well. I think we dealt with that pretty well. Suleiman Tari's even come out in interviews going, yeah, yeah, I'm happy now. I feel like people be able to take more of a stand against racism. But no, no one's won. Literally nobody won there. Everyone lost. Except for the racists. That they want, yeah, it's just such a poor, rubbish outcome to that. But then, still on football, uh, Spurs, hey, what a difference a week made from being Arsenal 2 0 last week and guaranteeing that Arsenal can't finish above Spurs. You then lose to West Ham on Friday. <laughs> oh, Spurs, even when we have our greatest season ever. You know, it's still 
you still have to have those Spursy moments. I can't lie, I actually forgot what it feels like to see Spurs lose. As arrogant as that sounds, that is the genuine feeling. I, I wasn't even upset, I just didn't know how to deal with it. My brain couldn't process what uh, what was going on. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't notice. I didn't really care, I didn't watch the game, I was out. So I'm not, I wasn't too emotionally affected by that. But then, um, another thing I actually missed out on was WhatsApp going down. Oh my word. It's like literally Armageddon. Well, a few guys had similar statuses. They marked themselves as safe on Facebook during the WhatsApp crisis. <laughs> but oh, that's, I thought that was fantastic because how people were reacting was like the world had ended. But, like there's no other way of contacting people. Like, I can imagine there's some people there just continuously sending WhatsApps, screaming, turning their phone on and off, get on Facebook to scream about WhatsApp, rather than just text or call the person they're messaging. Like, what kind of... What kind of contract plan have you got? We haven't got, like, enough texts just to send one text to someone to go, hey, it's your WhatsApp down. I'll try WhatsApping you. That's it. And then just go carrying your conversation over text. I'm like, people just lost their shit. And that's what we like with technology now. We've become quite stupid. Like when a remote con- and, I, and like when a remote control stops working, I can't lie. If my remote control stopped working, I don't actually know where the buttons are on my TV to do stuff like manually without a remote. I wouldn't know how to do it. I don't. I actually don't think it's possible. Like I've got Netflix on my screen now. If my remote was to break, I don't know how I'd get off Netflix. That's how we're so like. So wrapped into technology now, so bought in. You know, like when people follow their sat nav, even though it says turn left, it's like ah, but that's a river. Turn left in a hundred yards. It's, yeah, that's still a river. Turn left. Indicator on. You've turned left now. You're fully committed. Just go into the river. Why? Because my Garmin told me to. Is that? Let's just use some common sense now. Now and again, use some common sense. Uh, but um. Yeah, people, just stop relying too much on technology. As I say that, using technology to convey this message. <laughs> um, irony's never lost on me, people. Irony's never lost. Um, there was another story that I was meant to cover. Um, am I going to cover it? Yeah, why not? I, I, I highlighted it in the week, so I must have wanted to do it. Uh, it is about a drug mule. Right, let me read this story. So... It is called, My Sister Is No Drug Mule. That's the headline. So the family of a woman arrested trying to board a flight to London with 18 packs of cocaine hidden in her luggage claims she is innocent. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you're innocent when you're carrying 18 packs of cocaine in your luggage, but I'll continue to read. Australian Cassandra Sainsbury, pictured, uh, was stopped at Columbia's Bogota Airport, carrying almost six kilos of the drug. Her sister, uh, Carla, said, and we know she's innocent, but stands little chance of proving it in such a corrupt country. Okay. So are they saying that the 18 bags of cocaine was put in by someone else? You know, when she's asked, did you pack your own? Similar to the Diane Abbott interview. Ah... Uh, so did you pack your own bags, man? 
Like, that's a horrible accent. But I'm going to continue. Why? Because I'm going to. Can you pack it on back, man? And she's like, uh, yeah, I think I did. I did. I packed my own bags. Is like, are you sure, man? Man, cause, are you sure? You'll pack your own bags, man? She's like, yeah, I definitely packed my own bags. So, okay, man, because you got 18 packs of cocaine, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't pack my bags. No, I, I didn't. Someone else did. And so, so, yeah, and what else happens in the story? She told the Australian newspaper the personal trainer, 22, had bought headphones for a wedding party from a contact and they came in a pre-wrapped package. Lieutenant Colonel Jorge Triana of the corrupt drugs police, of the airport drugs police said, everyone who is caught says the same thing. Police have arrested 19 foreign drug mules this year alone and said Sainsbury faces more than 20 years in jail if she's convicted. Now, again, let's play devil's advocate. So you order headphones and they come packaged up. Now, when I order something, someone gives me something out of party and they say it is a certain thing, I tend to unwrap it. You know, that's how I find out what's inside the present. I unwrap it first, open it and be like, oh, headphones. Thank you. And then I put the headphones in my bag. You know, I don't just get a package wrapped up and go, cheers. I assume these are the headphones because you've told me they're headphones, you know. Or did she open it up and just like, how do I use these? I mean, it's just powder. It's, it's like, I don't, I don't believe her. I, I wanted to. Um, and I know that, oh yeah, Colombia's got his drugs cartels and it's corrupt. Blah, 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 blah. Look, I don't care how corrupt the country is. No one could ever fool me into thinking head, cocaine, 18 bags of cocaine, six kilos of cocaine feels the same as headphones. <laughs> like, she deserves to go to prison. Not for being a drugs mule, for being stupid. All right? Being stupid. Look, this, that's the podcast. I've got to iron some shirts because I'm going to the Screen Nation Awards later today, which are like the Black Baftas. That's what it's being coined as. Um, I don't think it's the Black Baftas. I think it's just the Screen Nation Awards. Um, not one thing has to be the other. Or the black or white version of something else. It is. One's the BAFTAs, one's the Screen Nation Awards. But uh, like every week, I say who uh, who has topped the charts of listening. Um, and who has topped the charts of listening this week. Okay. In uh, fifth. Yep. Fifth place is Stanmore, United Kingdom. Fourth, London, United Kingdom. Third, New Southgate, United Kingdom. Then second is San Francisco, California. And in first place, uh, new a new area that I haven't seen come up before, but I stormed ahead. Hemel Hempstead, Hertfordshire. Hey, Aqua Splash, and all that good stuff in the Hemel Hempstead. Uh, not my local, local area, but in the peripheral area. So, hey, Hemel Hempstead, yeah. And those guys, Boyden, are still leading overall. Um, guys, need to keep on sharing this podcast so we can overtake Boyden. They haven't listened to me in a few weeks. I don't know what's happened. I don't know 
if someone used to share my podcast and doesn't do it anymore, but it doesn't reach those guys in Boyden, well, hey, they're not listening anymore. So let's let's overtake Boyden. I don't want Boyden to, at the end of this year, be in the leading city. All right. Anyway, I'm Darren Griffiths. That's been the podcast. Uh, I am leaving you and signing out. See ya.